you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Mm-hmm. And um, a journey into sound, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, I'm, and when I say I'm fascinated, I don't mean like I'm like it's a good fascination, yeah. but I think there is something quite troubling um, that we were able to watch over the weekend. And just sort of like, again, the best way I can think of to describe it is just sort of a writhing um, as the Lord displays his glory and his sovereignty. Really, that's mm. that's what you're you're watching. You're watching people say, no, you're not in control. You don't determine um, when life begins and life's end. You don't determine mm. um, the value and the worth of life. Uh, you you don't get the say in that. I think that's what we're seeing happening I think additionally, what we are seeing happening, and I, by the way, I'm talking about in the wake of Roe, in the in the end of Roe. This is a, a post-Roe America, which is something that, you know how you could say something for so long and kind of hope for that for so long that when you finally are there, you're just kind of like, wow, like uh, that's pretty amazing yeah. that we are actually <laughs> in a post-Roe America. Yeah. Just just processing that. It's amazing. It's incredible. But it has also brought out um, a lot from people that you kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but to various degrees, I guess it's it's intense in some areas and, and maybe not as intense in others. But I think we need to hear some of that. So we want to have a conversation around some of the sound bites that we have today. Um, and as we do that. Our challenge is always to think biblically, to to really consider what it is that we are actually observing. Yeah. Um, as I say on a regular basis, sometimes what it is that we think we are observing um, is not actually the thing. And so we always want to look a little more deeply into those those issues that are immediately presenting and kind of get down to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. I want to say this, you know, uh, often as we talk to our children about things that are happening Uh, In the culture. And when I say our children, especially things like this, I mean, our big three, Mm -hmm. Um, they are 15, soon to be 14 and 12. And um, and when we talk to them about these issues, it's really interesting because we have an opportunity to learn a lot um, as we experience this through their eyes right so this is they are living in this generation they're not sort they're not outside of this generation looking in as we would be that's as their parents we are sort of outside of this generation looking back into it and and so our observations are slightly different um but it's really interesting for us in real time to be communicating with them and having these conversations with them and to observe uh what they are observing and so over the weekend we had some conversations with them, and of course, uh, they are able to consume uh, vetted news sources, mm-hmm. and so they are able to watch what's happening in this country. And it's really interesting, in the course of that conversation, 
Um, both of our daughters actually expressed sort of a, a weird and, and that's how they kind of described it sort of like a it's uh, I'll paraphrase them here, but it's weird because you kind of feel sorry for the people who are out like crying and screaming and like <laughs> you, you know, it's it. And so and so immediately I jumped in because because <laughs> I'm me and, and I said, hold up, hold up a second. Let's stay here. Let's not just pass by that. Because, you know, sometimes you're talking and people are just passing comments and you let those comments right, slide. Right. But I said, hold on a second. Let's stay right here. Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to put my finger on the enemy's attempt to rob us of our ability to discern. Mm. So some of the news content that you're going to consume, some of the, the clips even that you're going to hear on, on this program today, some of the stories that you're going to be reading, these things are attempt to rob you of your knowledge of right and wrong. Mm. This goes back to the calls for empathy. Don't try to change the, situa the situation. Don't try to bring truth into the situation. Just step into my shoes and feel what I feel. In other right. words, grab me, hug me, embrace me, hold on to me as I'm going over the cliff. And then what happens? We both will go over the cliff, right? <laughs> and so you see this happening with Roe in a, in a post-Roe America all of the propaganda that is coming out across the mainstream media outlets everywhere you look. I mean, video, audio, print, everywhere. If it's liberal media outlet, then what you have is an attempt to rob you of your ability to discern. And you have to be very careful. So in the course of having this conversation with our kids, and they were expressing a lot of the... Um, just the news headlines, just the things that are out there, the way the people are protesting uh, the night of rage, which uh, we gave ourselves to prayer on Friday night. Uh, Will the Great called us all together. We got together in the living room and um, at eight o'clock we were praying and we were praying for the protection of, of churches and crisis pregnancy centers and, and praying that the plans of the enemy would not prevail, praying for the Lord to glorify himself. And I, I hope that many of you joined us uh, in, in that endeavor as well. Mm -hmm. But all of this is the the big picture with which we had this conversation on Sunday with our kids about a post-Roe America. Mm -hmm. And we heard come from both of our girls. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you almost kind of feel sorry for these people because it, it appears that they are expressing a genuine loss that you, that you should feel badly for them that they're suffering that loss, Right. Now, look, I understand that many of us would say, oh, I could never, I could. But watch, though. Watch what's happening. Watch the persistent call that you should feel badly that you are celebrating that babies will not be indiscriminately murdered all across this country just because a person decides I just don't want it. Or let me let me say it this way, because I, I think too often we're so quick to dehumanize babies. We don't recognize it. Even us pro-lifers, we don't recognize it. So just because a person decides I don't want her or I don't want him. Mm -hmm. Right. So so watch this, because what the call is, the call is that you should not be celebrating. A righteous call. Hmm. And what is the righteous call? The righteous call really is a reminder and, and it's a, it's an amazing grace. And like, I, you know, just in processing this and, and talking this through, it is the amazing grace of God that at least as far as murdering innocent babies is concerned in this country from the highest court in our land, there is an opportunity for you to stop dead in your tracks and think about what you once held dear <laughs> and say, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Maybe we're wrong. If there's no constitutional right, and which we're going to talk a little bit about that because that's a lot of the wording that's been thrown around this this weekend as well. 
uh, rolling back a woman's fundamental rights, the fundamental rights, fundamental rights, fundamental rights, fundamental rights. So he, he, it's in all the voices, right? Fundamental rights. And so, so then, so I'm like, you know, one of those people. Well, what exactly is a fundamental? Because everybody's talking about what's fundamental. And so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. I think we need to be prepared to have these conversations. We need to be prepared to answer some of these objections. But in all of the conversation, what the temptation is, the, I, I feel like the strongest pull is that we would be confused about what we should celebrate, hmm. right? And even maybe be tempted to kind of tamp that down, right? <laughs> yeah. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is that, no, we don't want to be, you know, um, wild. Like, you don't, you, right. you, you, no one's looking to be. But at the same time, I'm not going to be embarrassed that I'm on the side of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to step back and be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really want to, I don't really want to comment on that because, you know, there are a lot of people hurting right now. But they're hurting wrongly. Yeah. Like, yeah. the reason that they're hurt, like, the, the reason that they're hurting is wrong. So I am not going to join them in like nurturing that hurt or coddling that hurt or feeling with them that they are saying we once we once enjoyed being able to murder babies all across this country without question as to whether or not it's legal. Mm. We we just we once enjoyed murdering babies and I'm using the word enjoy intentionally. Because there are many for whom it's true and you can see it like kind of played out in the media over this weekend. There are many for whom it is true that that is just a right that they enjoy. And this is not I'm not agonizing over this. This is not this is a this was once a celebration of being able to do what thou wilt. Right. Hello. Right. Right. Just being able to do whatever you want. Not make not make an agonizing decision for which you need counsel Mm. and which you need prayer and you need to have your eyes open. Nope. It was just just do whatever you want. And so for us as Christians, mm-hmm. my, 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 um, my strong encouragement mm-hmm. is that we recognize that the temptation that will present itself to us, mm-hmm. the temptation that will present itself to us is to believe that it's wrong for us to, um, to be glad that babies get a shot at life. And, and, you know, let me say something to that, because I believe that this is time for praising God, time for celebration you know, uh, for all the reasons that you you said at the same time, I do. I believe that is a time for soberness as well. Understanding that the mission uh, mission of the people of God has not stopped. No. You know, and that this opportunity is great to continue, mm-hmm. not to start, to continue to spread the good news. Amen. Because at the heart of what's uh, happened is and when you get down to it, you know, uh, we know the reasons why many women seek uh, abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has to do with, um, you know, not wanting to have a baby or feeling too young or things like that. And so there's an issue of morality still out there. Yes. That the, yes. the heart has to change and that, you know, uh, the gospel c- has to continue to go forward, you know, because we desire to see God's standard, you know, prevail with, within the earth. You know, and the only Amen. way that that happens is through converted hearts. <laughs> You know, so I think for the reasons that you said, man, we should be celebrating and we shouldn't tamp that down in the sense of because we feel bad for, you know, uh, mm-hmm. those who are mourning. But, man, the soberness is that, man, let's continue. Let's mm-hmm. see this as God's mercy. You know, let's see this as, man, as the church, we going to continue on with the mission that God has given us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even uh, with more fervor. You know, Yes, yes. Yeah. 
It's an opportunity, really, Will the Great. It, it really is an opportunity for us to publicly agree with God to continue the work of advancing the kingdom of God. And mm-hmm. I know that I, I, you know, I see I see my comments through the secular lens with which it will be viewed by those who don't know God. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand like that what I'm saying, people are just like, I mean, incensed at it. But I want you to think for a second here when we talk about um, what would be considered um, a woman's right to choose her. That's that's what they're saying. Bodily autonomy, mm. um, a woman's right over her body, which, by the way, that's what they are cloaking as the fundamental right. OK, so I think we need to grab that. I, I may get into a little bit more of that later. I, I, I care deeply about words and the way people use words mm-hmm. and how I, I hate people trying to psych us out on the use of vocabulary. <laughs> I really do, man. It bothers me. Um, that's up in my top five or top six. Right. I hate that. Um, but when they talk about the fundamental right, they're talking about the right to control your body. We have to constantly say that people are fighting over a right that they never had, which is to take innocent life. Hmm. That 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 is a right that they never had. I don't care how many times you throw in the word fundamental, basic. I don't, I don't care how many times you try to say something has been ripped away from you. That was never yours. You, you never, ever had that right. And we need to keep saying that. We need to make sure that people understand that. But at the core of this, God is doing something very incredible. And maybe, maybe you don't need the word very, if it's incredible, it is right. Just is incredible. God is doing something incredible in our nation. And I kind of want to unpack this just for a second before we hit this first break. We now have an opportunity and what is that opportunity? We have an opportunity to sort of have a Lazarus walking among us. And I often go back to this mm. because every time I see it, it just grabs my attention. You'll remember that when the Lord Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave, when Lazarus came forth, he was a living, walking witness that Jesus is who he says he is. And you'll remember that the scribes and the Pharisees, they were like, we got to kill him. Who, Jesus? No, Lazarus. Because on account of Lazarus, they're following Jesus, right? So Lazarus became the evidence, the walking embodiment, the the evidence that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm. So now we have an opportunity in this country where you have a constitution that, man, I, I really believe that the Lord helped in the orchestration of that constitution, the writing of that constitution. It is not a divine document as the word of God is divine. But I do believe that God leads men and gives wisdom to men. Amen. So now you have you have an opportunity to say, hold on, that was never our constitutional right, which, in fact, is what the justices said, that it was not our constitutional right. We got to get OK. We come back on the other side of the break. I'm going to slow my thoughts down and kind of stay on one topic instead of just bouncing around to a bunch. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
When the crowd heard the court had overturned Roe versus Wade, there were cheers. It took every single one of us, people across the political and ideological spectrums, to make this a reality. A reality that for abortion rights supporters was hard to believe. In the 5-4 vote, the justices overturned the landmark 1973 ruling that guaranteed a woman's right to abortion, sending the issue back to the states to set their own policies. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences, wrote Justice Samuel Alito in a decision joined by four other conservatives. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. 26 states had asked the court to overturn Roe. 13 already have laws on the books that would ban abortion almost immediately. The others are poised to ban or greatly restrict it. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people. President Biden they blasted did. the decision. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. On Capitol Hill, Democratic lawmakers marched to the court while Republicans said the ruling was overdue. Hallelujah. I woke up this morning praying for this, and I never thought that it would happen. Good evening. In a landmark ruling, the Supreme Court today legalized abortions. It took almost 50 years of annual marches for life, political muscle, and justices with a strong conservative legal ideology. Chief Justice John Roberts voted to uphold the 15-week Mississippi abortion ban, but refused to join the majority decision to overturn Roe or a subsequent 1992 opinion. With the court's newest justices, all nominated by former President Trump, there were five votes without him. Republican Susan Collins and Democrat Joe Manchin, who voted for Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, said they were duped, with Collins releasing a statement that they were both insistent on the importance of supporting longstanding precedents. But also a factor, the 2020 death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a champion of reproductive rights, gave Trump his third nominee, who provided the key fifth vote. The three remaining liberals joined in a fiery dissent. Whatever the exact scope of the coming laws, one result of today's decision is certain, the curtailment of women's rights and of their status as free and equal citizens. Welcome back to Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio. There's so much packed in that, but that's sort of, I want that to kind of be the, the backdrop of our, the weekend that you need to hear, the weekend that you need to hear. I, I feel like all of the things that we at least that I have seen and heard and read um, over the weekend and all that's 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 not exactly accurate. A lot of the stuff coming from the mainstream media, because there's going to be somebody <laughs> who said, well, there was this. OK. And there was that one thing um, seems to be lamenting what happened in this country as um, the death of the rights of women, that women are no longer um, beholden of equal rights. And what we have to constantly remind ourselves is that what we are talking about is a right that women never held, just as men don't have the right to indiscriminately murder innocent people. Hmm. So when we talk <laughs> about equal rights, we have to ask the question, so equal to what? So because I, I was reading some of the verbiage and, and listening to some of the comments and, and people saying women have lost their equal rights. They don't have the same rights that they woke up with. They no longer have equal rights. Equal to whom? With regard to what? Mm. So what right does a man have 
to murder an innocent person that a woman was competing to have in the argument that is abortion. You see, when you frame the argument in that way, it's really quite ridiculous to be having this conversation, right? So what they try to do now, I said that to start off because that's the position that we as Bible believing Christians need to take, right? But what they want you to think is that this is a woman does not have the equal rights that men have, meaning controlling their own bodies. But that is not the argument. And I want to be very clear when we have this conversation, we need to ask the question when when we are told that women do not have equal rights to men, we need to say with regard to what? With regard to what? And that needs to be the question. We pause for a second. We get the answer because we need to then be ready to say, well, if this is a discussion about whether or not men can murder with impunity, then men and women do have equal rights because men can't murder with impunity either. Right. So it's only fitting that you shouldn't be able to murder with impunity. Mm. Right. Like, cause this is what we're talking about. So we have to make sure that we keep the conversation, the conversation. Here's the point that I was making about Lazarus. And then we'll go to another clip. Elizabeth Warren, just <laughs> Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Uh, so, so we'll go there in just a second. Okay. Um, but the point that I was making about Lazarus, and I, I want to talk about the opportunity that we have in this country for the protection of innocent life in this country. Okay. The attention that is drawn to this um, becomes sort of a Lazarus moment where, yes, there is a desire to put all of that to rest so that, that we could pretend before in a row world in a row world, everyone could kind of pretend, right, that women are not unique in their ability to carry and to bear children. Remember, this is the, this is in the feminist era that you you don't have to um, subject your body to God's design. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can, you know, um, Michelle Williams, you can shape a world oh, that was man. of your own making, of your own design. Like that's wow. that's the call, yeah. right? That's the call from the feminist. You can you can create the world that you want to live in. And so abortion provided the on-ramp for that. Hmm. Abortion sort of was a was a um was a type of erasing of the sexist, if you will, because now women are able to live and function as men. We don't have to worry about like, what if we get pregnant and what if we have, no, because we can erase all of that. And so now we can really kind of mar those lines that define and all of these things that we have. And I'm speaking on the side of those who would argue against life when I say we, right? Right, right. But this is the point that they're making. We, we at one time could do whatever we wanted. And so now the lamenting and the mourning and the crying is because now you actually, you are forced, you are forced to acknowledge that women have babies, that <laughs> women carry children. This was never not true. Mm -hmm. But there were many people who were able to live under the delusion that maybe it's true. No, it was never true. It was always true that God had uniquely has uniquely designed male and female with equal worth, but different That's right. functions. That's right. Equal worth, equal value, different functions, different roles that complement one another. That if you don't have one and you have the other, 
in any society, that society dies out. Mm -hmm. Guys, this this is what people want us to forget about. They want us to conveniently set this all aside. Right. In this in this new America that they were trying to create, where there's there's no need for the distinction. Anybody can be whatever and do whatever and be with whomever. And we don't have to worry about whether or not societies continue on. Guys, this just biologically does not work. It does not work. God is infinitely wise in his design of mankind, his design of male and female. He is wise. And so now people are waking up to the fact that, wait a minute, wait, there, there are distinctions. Yes, there are distinctions. And this is God's doing. All right. Here's Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts. Um, She is angry. Okay, she's mad. And you can tell she's mad because, you know, mm, gritted teeth and and angry. And and then, you know, (laughs) just just in case you miss it, you know, she's not angry like New Orleans hot summer angry. Okay, it's it's all it's all theater is what it is. All right. But just in case you missed it, um, she will tell you. And I am angry. And you can tell I'm angry because I'm screeching. Man. All right, here we go. Roe is dead. Six extremists on the United States Supreme Court have decided that they can force all of America to bend to their personal religious and moral views. Roe is dead. But the Supreme Court extremists do not get the last word. We are here because we will make Roe alive again. I am angry. I am angry because I have lived in America where there was no protection from Roe versus Wade. And understand this, when there's no Roe, people still get abortions well-to-do women, women with resources, women who can afford to travel to another state or another country. They'll be fine. But you know who won't be? It will be poor women. It will be people of color. It will be 14-year-olds who were molested by their coaches or their stepfathers. It will be mamas who are already working three jobs and can't hold it together trying to take care of the children they have. Those are the people who will pay the price for an extremist Supreme Court that has decided that they, not America, they will decide who in this country has access to health care. That's so interesting. She used extremists twice. Yes. Notice now she said something. This was a slip on her on her part. She didn't mean to say this the way that it came out, but I thought it was really interesting. She said that she knows what it's like to live in a time when there was no protection from Roe versus Wade. She meant to say that the protections that existed because Roe versus Wade existed. Right. But what she said, no protection from (laughs) Roe. Right. Meaning that the baby could be killed. I know what it's like to live. And I wish I had written down exactly what she said. I just wrote down the last parts of her comments earlier. But was no well, there's no protection from Roe. Yeah. You know, there's 63 million babies who know what it's like to live when there's no protection from Roe. Mm. They, they know. And 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 all mm. of us, we who have grown up in it. Right. We also know what that's like. That's why we're glad that it's overturned. Elizabeth, that's why we're glad. <laughs>
You know, we're, we're glad that it's over. Guys, now notice the end of her comments there, though. What happens? She starts to pull on your emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So they they all want to go for the things that that will cause you the most internal conflict. Please do not be conflicted because it does not matter how a child is conceived. Remember, the child has worth and value because the child is made in the image of God. Please remember who is the author of life, who determines conception. Let's just remember that. Right. So this is what they all go for. But what they want you to forget is they want you to forget. And if you want an abortion, get one. (laughs) Oh. If you want an abortion, you can't afford it. And you just go to and get. They want you to forget all of that. We've played these clips for you guys before. I'm not going to make you vomit by by listening to them again. Right. But they don't want you to think about that. They don't want you to think about the shouting your abortion. They don't want you to think about the people who go on national news outlets and talking about and talk about becoming pregnant so that they could abort the child if the child happened to be the seed of of a conservative. Man. This, this is the type of country that we live in. This is the type of wickedness that is brazen in our country that they are, they are going to want you to forget that in the coming weeks. And there are going to be some people who, who just please be aware. You're, you will have thought, hey, I am, I am pro-life. But after these people are done with you, they will make you question that. They will make you feel like the worst possible person that you are glad that babies will have a chance at life. That is what they're doing. Here's uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, Lotus Flower, Kamala Harris. (laughs) Anyway, here we go. For nearly 50 years, we have talked about what Roe v. Wade protects. Today, As of right now, as of this minute, we can only talk about what Roe v. Wade protected. Past tense. This is a healthcare crisis. Because understand, millions of women in America will go to bed tonight without access to the health care and reproductive care that they had this morning, without access to the same health care or reproductive health care that their mothers and grandmothers had for 50 years. Oh, my goodness. What, mm, this behold, is tragic. The vice president. This is this is this <laughs> is just absolutely tragic. That um, that women are not going to be able to just have their babies killed. And, and here's the thing and expect fully expect them to stay on the health care mantra, fully expect them to keep talking in these terms, because the attempt and the aim is to confuse you. It's to cause you great conflict. This is why we, we we've already talked about compassion. Now, listen, the Lord calls us to compassion. Compassion is a part of our new makeup, right? We are born again. We have a compassion that is an eternal compassion. It's the compassion that Jesus displayed when he saw people who were harassed without a shepherd and he taught them many things. Empathy is not the call for the Christian outside of the body of Christ. Now, look, I'm, I'm sorry that people are upset and screaming, 
but I'm not going to step into that feeling of rebellion. I'm not going to agree with you, hugging you and, and crying with you over something that you should not sorrow over. Babies, more babies will have a chance at life. This is a good thing. We'll take the break and be right back. In my brokenness, you are close to me. In my weakness, in my strength, you are highly lifted up. You sit high up on the throne. You are God, you are God, God alone. All right, welcome back. Um, this is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Boy, I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a clip here, and because I, I want to turn to some of the things that you're that you're likely to be reading in print, mm-hmm. and um, and and listen, I am not trying to be uh, insensitive or indelicate. Like I, I'm not trying to be any of those things that are the caricatures of of Christians or the caricatures of conservatives or any of those things yeah. but at the same time I'm just a little bit fed up trying to be like careful because you you can you, you try to be so careful but then what ends up happening is that you're mischaracterized anyway so I'm like well let's <laughs> let's just go all in and and let's just let's just talk about it um, okay, but welcome back Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio I'm Miki and I'm Will and that's Darius James you are God alone all right, so it's it's the weekend that we need to hear. It's the weekend that we need to read, and we need to be thinking deeply about these issues and going to the Word of God to formulate a response and and to be steadfast in that response, uh, to be unwavering. Uh, time out for the tepid response of the Christian that um, says that love does not include truth, right? We just need to love. Love is not the absence of truth. Truth is not the absence of love. Fact, Amen. all right? Amen. I found something interesting that I I kind of thought, wow, I can't believe they're actually doing this. It must be really like a sign of desperation coming from liberals. Um, when when they start to write that we must also consider that men are impacted by abortion as well. <laughs> now, pause. Think about that for a second. Right. Because the, the entire conversation has been a woman has the right to choose. And then the man that's involved Right. Would say, well, but wait, but it, it, no one asked you. Right. It's my body. It's mm-hmm. my choice. Well, now the desperation is really revealed because you've got articles like this from NPR. <laughs> the end of Roe versus Wade has huge economic implications for male partners, too. <laughs> wait, hold on a second, guys. Like, OK, lean in, everybody real quick. Okay. <laughs> that was always true. That was always true, right? Like a man has a responsibility to the children that he sires. He has a responsibility to the children that he conceives. So talking about the economic implication Mm -hmm. of a man now having a child that he has to be responsible for is a non-story story. It's crazy. I just want you to think about where we are. It is is people really (laughs) believing that they have lost their footing and they're just clawing at every twig that they can get so that they they just are trying not to careen down, right? I mean, this is where we are. So here's a story. This is National Public Radio. Here we go, NPR. Nine years ago, Donovan Atterbury's girlfriend became pregnant, but a lethal chromosomal disorder was detected. She chose to terminate the pregnancy, and Atterbury says, quote, it changed my whole perspective on bodily autonomy and things of that nature, end quote. He's now an organizer for New Voices for Reproductive Justice, which advocates for black women's health care, including access to abortion. 
Margaret Singer would be so proud of you. That's so good, Donovan. That's right. You don't want word to go out that you're trying to exterminate the Negro, so we need to have a black minister in place or a black activist so they could be none the wiser. Very good. Congratulations. Back to the article. There's a mounting body of evidence on how having or being denied an abortion affects pregnant people. Okay, guys, listen. We're not going to do the pregnant people thing. We ain't doing it, okay? Why? Because women become pregnant. Women have children, okay? If you are pregnant, if you, if you, if you are carrying Man, I have to be careful because I'm going to say this. I'm going to here's what I want to say, folks. I want to say if you're carrying a child, you're a woman. And then tomorrow I'm going to read an article that they have successfully transplanted a baby that's into a man. And then I'm going to be like, Frankenstein, what are we doing? All right. So I'm not doing the whole pregnant people thing. This occurs a lot in this article. And I auto corrected in my mind. This is conditioning, guys. They want you to say pregnant people. Please do not say pregnant people. Why? What, what is this implying? That, that, that not all women are pregnant. That's a lie. If they... Okay. Um, here we go. There's, mounting, there's a mounting body of evidence on how having or being denied an abortion affects women, I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> Including impacts on their mental health and the finances of them and their children. The effects on their male partners have received less attention. So it's amazing, too, that they kind of making a distinction and understanding the definition between <laughs> um, male and female. But I think that saying, was an accident. They're still saying people, pregnant, whatever they're saying. Within the male partner. But, but they, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Now, okay, let's stay there, Will the Great Man. What a profound observation you've just made. Okay, I didn't even catch that the first couple times I read this. Um, so they, pregnant people... But the male partner. So it's almost like it's, you got to have a man to make the baby, but the women are optional. Now, let's, let's, let's guys, let's think about that. Confusion. Unless somebody can help me understand. Wow. Confusion. I hadn't even thought about that when I read that. The male partner, but the pregnant person. That's interesting. Okay. Anyway, here we go. This is this is what happens when you move away from God's design, right? All right. In the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, experts say that no longer should be the case. Quote, it's really naive to think that the repeal of Roe versus Wade is only going to impact women and (laughs) impact women. That's all they they add pregnant people, guys. We're not doing it. (laughs) Only going to impact women. Uh, said Dr. Bethany Everett, a a professor of sociology at the University of Utah. While the issue disproportionately impacts women, Dr. Everett says it's important to look at abortion access from all sides as limits on abortion access likely will have broader implications for society as a whole. One in five men have been involved in an abortion, one study finds. That's, yeah, okay, so, so, I'm taking that and even having read this article and some sections of it read it twice to try to understand. So I'm taking that as like men who were aware that the woman that they're involved with had an abortion. Because there was a man involved in every 
five out of five times. <laughs> right, right. Okay? Like, guys, l- listen, <laughs> y'all, we're not young with these people. Okay? We are not going to talk to them as if we use the fat crayons in the box. We're not doing that. Okay? <laughs> five out of five times, there is a man involved. Oh, man. Every time there is an abortion, there was a man involved. Every <laughs> single time, or there was no reason for the abortion. There was no reason for the abortion, but you guys get what I'm saying here, right? All right. So let me just summarize this and I'll give the number. We maybe can get in two or three calls. We can um, be a comfort to one another. 888-589-8840. All right. Post Real America. So the, the crux of the article here is that when men are forced to raise their children, when men are forced to carry or to care for their, not carry, to care for their children. We don't Uh-oh. believe in that. We don't believe in that. Oh, they got her. They got her. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go, guys. It's just too much. When you consume too much information, okay? The crux of the article is that when men are forced to care for their children, they actually injure their economic opportunities. Guys, I don't know if you can read anything more selfish. I don't know if you can read anything that is more of an affront to God's design for families. I don't know. Let me just say this very frankly here. I don't know if you could read anything that's more emasculating of men. An article that would be written that would suggest that a man who has to take care of his family is unduly burdened by that family is an emasculating article. That is what it is to be a man, to lead a family and to care for that family and to take care financially of that family, to be willing to lay your life down for that family. But what we have is nearly five decades of shirking (laughs) that responsibility, sowing your wild oats, having those oats burned up at somebody else's Mm. expense. Oh, Mm. God, forgive us. Mm. And tossed out in the garbage. So that you could live your best life. And so now we've come full circle where the question that is being raised is, but what about the men? These these men are not going to have the opportunities that they otherwise would have if they've got to be stuck rearing and and taking care of these children. Guys, do you do you do you understand? Do you understand how there is a necessary descent When you move away from God's standard, there is a necessary descent that includes and everything else Mm -hmm. and everything else. When we tell women that, you know what, your unique design is not something that is to be cherished or celebrated. It's not something that you should find joy and you should see it as an impediment. You should see it as a burden. Then what we are also doing is telling men the exact same thing. Your involvement in fathering a child that's a burden. You don't want to. Don't. Yeah. Aren't there things you want to do, guys? And this is this is not it as far as articles go that are sort of outlining the fact that people are going to have to take responsibility for the children that they conceive. This is a this is a um, radically anti-biblical culture yeah. that we live in. Man, you're right. There's one other thing I want to say, and then we'll go to the phone lines here. And I'm going to say this point blank. Pro-life 
individuals in this country must return or restore across the board a culture of life in this country. Now, what do I mean when I say that? I mean that while we are contending and fighting and speaking up for the unborn, we must also celebrate life in our community, right? So this, this is the married couple who is about to have baby number five or baby number four. This is, we don't say ridiculously stupid things like, you know how that happens, don't you? Guys, listen, this, what we do is we start to borrow from the culture. And we say, well, why would anybody want to have a kid? We don't recognize that that's what we're saying, but that's what we're saying. So there are going to be a lot of women in states across this country who are going to need the encouragement of the church. Hey, you can listen, we can help you. There is hope. Don't let death be an option. But for many of us, if we're being honest, we're going to actually have to find that in ourselves first. Because if if we really get down to the nitty gritty, there are very, very many of us who claim to be pro-life. We are not. We are not. We can't think of any good reason why a person would have more than two children. Why, why would anybody do that? You are out of step with the word of God if that is your sentiment. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Ken in Tennessee. Hi, Ken. Hey, uh, you know, the left always says that uh, they want to get the government out of the bedroom. Well, by upholding the Constitution and making it illegal now, the conscience is of on the people that are, you know, choosing that act. So that is the right thing to do. Plus, health care. Why would women not have health care just because Roe v. Wade is overturned? <laughs> and what about men? Men, the, one of the biggest problems I see is we've got to have some responsible men to pick up the pieces that they've helped, uh, you know. It's not the government's business to take care of those children it's the men who did that you know were involved mm-hmm. Amen. ken Amen, bullseye Amen. All, all, Amen. on every point <laughs> right there you struck right at the bullseye i mean yes. you're, you're 100 right and look this is going to be very uncomfortable in a culture that is used to kind of picking and choosing where they want government intrusion because there are some people for whom it's true that they actually want government intrusion when it's what they want that mm-hmm. the, like when they want the government to intrude. Right. Right. Man, I, I will go back to the phone lines here. We have some time at the end of the show. You know, the Bible lays out how we're to govern ourselves, that there, if there are people among us who are in need, then we are supposed to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Like the government then becomes like the last safety net. And with minimal intrusion. <laughs> Come on. But we don't, <laughs> anyway, we don't the believe the word of God. We word. don't believe it. It's, it's all in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Steve in Texas. Hi, Steve. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I got to go quick here. I know we're out of time, but just want to let you know I, I, uh, there were three churches here in Waco, Texas, three of the larger churches, and went back and looked at three different sermons, listened to them all online. Um, one of them was delivered by a female, the other two by uh, messages. The one that was the female church I usually attend but didn't go because she was given the message. All three of them never even touched the thing of abortion at all. Never said anything about let's celebrate the time of rejoicing. It was all about let's like you were saying, Nikki, let's uh let's it was such a sorrowful atmosphere. One church mentioned something about the Supreme Court decision this week and that was all people sort of rejoicing in the audience in the congregation. He sat stone cold 
didn't even say you couldn't get a read on him whether he was happy for it or not and just began talking over them as they were plotting the decision. It's just so sad that we can't take this as a prayer answer from God for the last 50 years. We've just mm-hmm. become, uh, like you're saying, so sad and so sorrowful as if we should be sad and sorrowful that the women are not allowed to kill their kids and the men are not allowed to kill their kids anymore. It was just absolutely, to me, disgusting. It's been in my heart. So thank you for bringing it up. Oh, wow, Steve. Mm. Wow. That's I mean, that's the that's kind of the case in point. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. You've got people now who have lost their ability to agree with God's word. Yeah. I mean, that is an indication of having been conditioned. Right. You guys, let's hold true. Let's hold fast to the word of God until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.